welcome to a special edition of our show, Her Story on the Rocks, with sometimes Katie, but always Allie. Normally, we'd be hanging out, just the two of us, talking about famous women in history, but sometimes we like to talk to women who are writing about history. We have a very special guest here with us today, Louise Hare. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Louise is a London-based writer who has an MA in creative writing. She's written books such as The Lovely City and Miss Allridge Regrets, but she is here with us today to talk about her new upcoming book, Harlem After Midnight, A Canary Club Mystery. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, uh, I live in London uh, in the UK, and I, I tend to write books that are set in London so this is my first book that's entirely set not in London but in New York um and yeah I guess I'm I'm kind of a full-time writer and I do editing um on the side as well of historical fiction so yeah very much historical fiction is my thing that's awesome and this is a sequel to your previous book correct it is. Yeah. I mean, it literally starts exactly where the last one finished. So awesome. So before we get too deep into it, I want to tell everybody the cocktail we made for your uh, book. It's called Harlem After Midnight, and it is vodka, pineapple juice, maraschino cherry juice, lemon juice, and it is topped with soda. Here's Katie. <laughs> and a maraschino cherry. We just got to the cocktail. Oh, perfect. Best part. <laughs> Cheers to your book. Cheers. I wish I had one. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Just me. I drink alone. Uh, it's, it's late there for you, yeah? Uh, yeah, it's just after half past nine. Mm. Okay. I'm not so, too bad. I'm, I'm definitely a night owl anyway. Oh. <laughs> so before we get too deep into your book, can you set the scene for us? The book takes place in 1936. Harlem. Can you tell us a little bit about what life is like for people in Harlem in the 1930s, especially for women? Yeah, so I guess the book sort of focused on the people that Lena meets, and she's already feeling like in a completely different atmosphere to when um, she lived in London, because in London she was, I mean, she's she's sort of white passing, um, even though she's mixed race, but she's used to an environment where everyone is white. And she's arrived in Harlem and, you know, for her, it's like, oh, wow, everyone kind of looks like my dad and this is kind of cool. And so she's trying to fit in. But then she's discovering that, you know, life isn't perfect, even in even in this environment, which seems more welcoming. Um, and I think in terms of the women, there's one character in particular that is sort of a sort of becomes a friend, but it's sort of a more of a frenemy as well. Like she's not quite sure where they stand. Um, but she's sort of a single mother who, um, I guess, is, is struggling through life and is it kind of a bit jealous of Lena because, you know, Lena doesn't have a lot, but, it, you know, she sort of has freedom that, that this woman doesn't have. And this book is actually a sequel to your previous novel, Miss Ulrich Regrets. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about who Lena is as a person and kind of how she finds herself in Lennox? I think the first book took place on a boat, correct? That's right. Yeah. So the first book is mainly takes place on the Queen Mary traveling from uh, the UK to New York. Um, and Selena's kind of at the start of that book, she's kind of lost everything. She 
is working in sort of a divey bar. She's a jazz singer. She had these big dreams that never kind of worked out for her. Um, so she gets offered this opportunity and she just thinks, I have literally nothing to lose. I have no money. She's just been kicked out of her sort of room that she's been renting. Um, and then, so by the time we get to the second book, obviously she's arrived in New York. The murders have been solved from the first book. Um, and she's kind of like, doesn't know what to do. Um, she, I was just going to write a character, I guess, he's in her late 20s. And when you're a kid, you kind of think by the time you become an adult, you'll have everything figured out. And you don't. So, so she's kind of this messy character that I just wanted to play around with. And in New York, that's still happening because she can't decide what to do. Like, should she stay? Should she go back to London? Like, she just doesn't know what to do. So what are some of the differences between 1930s Harlem and 1930s London? I know you said that she's passing for white currently, but specifically for a mixed race woman, is one going to be more difficult than the other? Yeah, I think the way that I sort of wanted to explore it is that there there are kind of options open to her in New York that she maybe doesn't have in London because... Yeah, apart from the sort of jazz side of things, in London it's definitely much easier if she just sort of conceals herself and and lets people assume that that she's white. And now in Harlem she has this option to sort of switch back. And also because her father's just died and she kind of feels like maybe I should embrace this side of me that people aren't necessarily seeing when they look at me, but that is part of my identity and like how do I go about um exploring that a little bit more Mm -hmm. and are there any characters in your story that are based off of real people and then furthermore are there any real famous figures from the time period that make a cameo in your book so so the character most of the characters are completely sort of fictional I just drawing them up out of my head um but it was actually funny when I was doing the research for this novel Um, Because the Savoy Ballroom was like a big, big thing, like a big place to go. And because I was kind of trapped with my dates because the first book had dates. And so I had to like, well, it's September 1936. It still has to be September 1936. And I I found out that they sort of closed the Savoy and I guess did a big refurb and then reopened it. And that day that they reopened, it just happened to fit perfectly in the story. And so, of course, Ella Fitzgerald was singing at the Savoy that night. So I kind of, and I didn't even name her. I sort of named her a bit later on, but during that scene, you don't, you can sort of guess. I think if you know, you know. But yeah, it was kind of fun to imagine that scene with her singing there. One place that you highlight in your book is the Apollo Theater. Was it fun researching such a historic institution like that? And what was your favorite thing that you learned about it? Yeah. Um, because I really wanted to write about the amateur night. So I found a really good book that was just about the history of the Apollo Theatre and I sort of flicked through that. And there was one interesting thing that I found out that I included in the book was that there's this um, tree stump and the idea is that you sort of rub the tree stump for luck before you go on stage. So I thought that was cool. So Lena does that in the book. Nice. And how has Lena changed as a character from the last book to this one? Is she growing as a person? Is she better at solving these mysteries? Um, 
she's well, she's definitely not better at solving the, the mystery <laughs> as, as such. Um, although she does, she does actually do a bit more in in this one in terms of figuring stuff out. Um, yeah, I like to think of her as a person that's really just trying to figure out who she is. Um, and she makes a lot of discoveries in this book, which I think are helping her sort of further further along on that path. So yeah, she's sort of developing as we go. Are you going to continue this series so that it there's like a lot of different mysteries or are you going just for a sequel or just for a trilogy? Um, I would love to write another Lena book. I've sort of played around with some ideas. The next book's going to be something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, also historical. And that one is actually based on a real character, a real, a real person from history. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would love to follow her back on her adventures because she's a really fun character to to spend time with. Mm-hmm. Were there any other characters that were a little more difficult to write that you didn't enjoy writing as much? I'm always curious about that. Like what was your favorite part of the book to write and maybe your least favorite? Yeah. Um, I think it wasn't that I didn't like writing her, but, but Belle of the woman that Lena has this sort of odd sort of friendship with was interesting because I was trying to figure out if I liked her or not or did Lena like her or not because she is this kind of complicated person so it's kind of tricky writing her it's interesting though just trying to figure her out who she was so we're only about two and a half hours south of Harlem and you said you typically write books set in London did you get a chance to like travel or visit or did was it during COVID and you kind of had to do all online research yeah, it was still a little bit COVID-y um, when I was writing the first draft. So, I mean, I've luckily I have been to New York four or five times before. So I was sort of using memory and Google Earth and going through like the history books um, to find out facts about different things. So, yeah, I would have loved to go and do my research on the ground. But, um, yeah, luckily, because I've been before, it, was, it wasn't like completely terrible to do. (laughs) And I'm always curious about this with historic fiction, just because it's such a specific time and place, and she's coming from such a specific time and place. Did you get a chance to maybe like read, I don't know, letters or journals from women who would have been like Lena to kind of get a feel for her voice, or is it just coming from your imagination? I think with Lena herself, it's, it's imagination, but I did read, um, Actually, more for the first book, My Soldier's Regrets, I was reading, like, biographies of, I guess, rich women. (laughs) So, um, yeah, reading about Nancy Cunard and and those kind of people. I guess the kind of people that get biographies written about them, right? So, um, but I guess sort of figuring out how how those things intersected because, I mean, certainly in Lena's world, working in the jazz clubs you sort of mixed with everybody so she was used to sort of mixing with different classes of people um so it sort of helped me figure out what was possible in in terms of what she knew and who she would be friends with so the mystery genre is so interesting to me is it hard to weave in enough clues without giving away the ending or do you just find that those puzzle pieces fit easily for you so the way I probably write a little bit differently to most sort of mystery writers in that I usually know like what the 
vaguely like you know who's who's gonna be who's gonna be dead but I don't always know who did it like until like halfway through when I'm, I'm like writing I'm getting to know the characters so in a way it it's kind of easier to know where to put the clues in because I'm actually just figuring it out myself as I go along and I'm like oh, okay so something needs to happen here and what you know what's Lena going to find out here and and then where does that lead me in terms of who actually did this and why mm-hmm. um because to me I think the why is always really important mm-hmm. why why does someone commit a crime so I'm always I always find it really hard until I know the characters to know like the motive Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I read that Agatha Christie and Patricia, Patricia Highsmith have really inspired you um, specifically this series, because it's obviously kind of like a hardball mystery kind of. <laughs> uh, what do you love about them and their contribution to this genre? I think, I mean, Agatha Christie obviously is sort of the queen of mm-hmm. this genre. Uh, I mean, she's so prolific. and you know, I just I just love the vibe of her books. Um, I mean, some of them are a little bit tricky to read now because you do find like quite a lot of sort of racism and random stuff mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> but I really loved, especially during lockdown, watching the Poirot um, TV series and that whole vibe really was inspiring. And then in terms of Patricia Highsmith, I love how she can write these characters who are just, you know, if you think about Tom Ripley, I mean, you shouldn't be rooting for him to get away with stuff. He's not a he's not a good guy, but you do <laughs> kind of like hope that the police don't catch him. And I'm I was just I've always been fascinated with how you write quite despicable characters, but have the reader kind of still want them to get away with these horrible things that they're doing. So this book is releasing towards the end of August. Is there like do you think there's a more people who sit down to like snuggle up and read mysteries when it comes to be fall time, as opposed to like the beach reads. Yeah. I, I, I think it depends. It depends what it is. I mean, because the book is set in September, then hopefully it will have that vibe. Like you're going to be reading it kind of the same time it's it's happening. Um, And I know there's this sort of new genre of mystery, which are like set in these exotic locations, which I guess are more like beach ready. But I think with this book, yeah, it could definitely be a good, you know, when it's raining outside or just getting a bit cooler, then you can just sort of sit inside and, and read. Yeah, mm-hmm. pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. <laughs> Football <laughs> game in the background. <laughs> Come on, it's going to be autumn in New York. It's I know. Perfect. It is perfect. <laughs> and what do you want people to kind of walk away from this book feeling? What do you want them to learn um, from Lena and her journey across the pond? Oh, I think, I mean, I always, first and foremost, want people to just enjoy the, the book and have fun with it because it, they like these books are really fun to write because Lena's just, I just love writing her as a character. Um, but there was loads of cool stuff that I found out and especially because there's sort of a another timeline in it where it, because her father was from New York, so she's trying to like find out this stuff about him and because she realized in the first book, there's lots of things in his past that she hadn't real like she hadn't known before and he had all these secrets. So there's a sort of timeline where you sort of explore New York, but in the sort of night in sort of 1908. So looking at those two different time periods was really interesting because New York changed a lot over those 30 years. And I, I think 
um there was stuff even my US editor was like I didn't know this (laughs) (laughs) well now you do (laughs) maybe even New Yorkers may find out something new yeah that's awesome so where can people find you and while they're waiting for this book to come out in August where can they find your other work where are you online can they pre-order it all that stuff so yes definitely pre-order that is all available um and yeah my books are available pretty much anywhere you can buy books you know the online or in the books in the bookstores um I do have a website which is just louisehair.com and I'm also on Instagram and Twitter my handle is at louarhair perfect well thank you so much for coming on and talking about your book it's always so hard with these because we don't want to give too much away since they are mysteries (laughs) but thank you for talking to us about Harlem and about Lena as a character she just sounds fascinating and I personally hope there are more Canary Club mysteries so we can (laughs) continue with her and her journey (laughs) (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.